Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Now who's ready for the Word? You're ready for the Word? Amen. If you got your Bible, you can go ahead and hold it up. You may have it on your phone, your app, your, your high-tech device. But either way, man, we believe this book around here is the Word of God and we can live by it. So if you got that, turn with me to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. You already knew something up there in the front row? <clears throat> is that what it was, y'all? Come on, somebody. Amen. Front row is in tune. The front row is in tune, son. They are all up in some Jesus. And um, we have been, uh, in case you maybe could not tell earlier from the video, we're in a series called what? We've only been here like 20 weeks. So uh, like six months now, we've been hanging out in this parable. And man, I tell you, these things have been wrecking my world in a really good way. And uh, I, oh man, to see and to hear that these are more than just a story. This is more than just a little something that he said. Behind these words are some of the deepest, most powerful meanings in history. If we can get those and grab hold of those principles today, I promise you, your life will be changed. And so today's no different. Man, this one has been, uh, been tearing me up this week. And, um, and to see it at work and actually see, even before I got up to preach today, this message kind of being illustrated in some of your lives was powerful. Some of you, you'll know what I'm talking about in just a minute. But to see this thing illustrated and to watch, and you're going to, I believe today, if you've already been moved by the Spirit of God, you're going to find out why and what happens and what is the connector there and the reason the Holy Spirit's doing what He's doing in you and, and the connection that you're making with Him. If not today, if you haven't already received that, I hope you'll be open and your heart will be ready to receive today what God's got for you. Because I believe today He is doing this. He's speaking to everybody in the room. We'll find out today none of us are exempt. I don't care what category you're in. And uh, we all need Jesus, and we all need this word today. So Luke chapter 7, I'm only going to read three verses now. I'll unpack the story later. But I want to read three verses to you, and those uh, verses start at verse 41. Verse 41. And um, I want to read 41, 42, and 43, guys. Uh, So uh, it says this, There was a certain creditor, again, this is red letter if you have it, Jesus said it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he being Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. Let's pray real quick, and then let's just jump into this thing for a moment. God, thank you today for the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for what's been happening in this room, Lord, today already. God, for our hearts that have already been changed, for the testimonies we've already heard and seen with our eyes, God, we give you glory for it. And Lord, as I stand before you today, God, I stand as a man unable to pay the debt that I've occurred, Lord. I, I stand as a, today as a man who is unable to pay on my own works or my own strength, a man that that can in any way pay back what you've done for me today, God. But, Lord, I pray that our hearts will be open to see that today and our debt has been canceled when we receive you, Lord. And, God, I'm just thankful for forgiveness. And, Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice that was paid, for the cost that had to be laid down and given, Lord, today that we could even come into this room today and talk about you. Now, God, I pray that every heart will be open, every eye will be open, every ear will be open today to receive what you want to do in this room and in our hearts in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbors. Say, you are today looking mighty fine. Mm. Mm. Come on, somebody. You're looking mighty fine. Looking mighty fine. As I said earlier, we have been in this this series of messages, um, and it's amazing that each one is different. And uh, as we've been unpacking this, these parables that Jesus shared, and, and again, more than just a story, more than just something we say, or more than even something we should just glance over when we read the scriptures, but there are points and principles that we should get from these. And I've been saying this a lot. I'm going to test you real quick, see if you've been listening. A parable is a small story with a it took some of you 20 weeks, but you got it, man. Amen. A, a, a parable is a small story with this big idea. So as you read this, I, I hope your whole concept of reading Scripture has been different. As you go through the Gospels and you read the red letters, I, I hope you're thinking different. I hope you're stopping and you're looking at it and you're, you're saying, man, who am I in the story? What is it that Jesus is trying to say? Because he tells these stories to drive home this point and to open up the eyes of those that he was speaking to. Because here's what's funny. You're going to find out in some of these stories that you've already saw that he is directly speaking to some of the people who are in the room with him and they still don't get it. Still don't get it. <clears throat> They're still struggling. They hear, I mean, think about Jesus, God in flesh, come to earth, speaking the words of life, and you're able to physically, with your ear, hear that and still not be changed. It's tough. That's tough in ministry. That's tough as a pastor when you share the word of God and you know how powerful that it is and what it can do for someone if they'll just be open to hear it and open to take the step and move forward in what God wants to do. And, and in this today, it's no different. So today, as we look at this parable, it's going to be found on our iTunes or under our website underneath the, the title heading, The Two Debtors. The Two Debtors. And, uh, and, and, and I, what I want to do today is somehow try to put in context and, and paint the picture of what's going on before he tells the parable, what happens after he tells the parable, and what God does through it. And I, I believe today he's wanting to do some things through us in this room. I don't believe he's through yet. Amen? Amen? Amen. He's not through yet. If, if you would be open today, you could even say this, Lord, you're not through with me yet. You're not through with me yet. You still want to do something in my life. So with that being said, as we begin to just kind of unpack and, and look at today what's going on, last week the Spirit of God was moving and we were singing this song about pouring out. And uh, I just briefly shared a, a, a story about what had happened and then the Lord began to take me to that story and then even to this story today that kind of leads up to this parable. So I, I, I'm, I tell you, I'm, I'm amazed by how God works and what he wants to do and even seeing the illustrations actually happened in the altars today already has been pretty neat. But uh, in this, let's just kind of look for just a second. Jesus, again, is telling the story. And if you can hang out with me in Luke 7, we're going to do this. We're going to kind of go for a few moments. We're going to read the scripture. We're going to talk about it and let God work. So we're going to start at verse 36. Just look for just a minute what happens here in the scriptures. In the context, and I want to set this thing up for you, in the story, Then in verse 36 says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. That's pretty cool, man. Just If you know anything about a Pharisee, if you've studied Scripture at all, Pharisees are these religious people 
Uh, most of the time, there was no connection to relationship whatsoever. It was purely religion. It was all connected basically out of that. They had this mindset and this, this thought pattern that they thought they were so much better than everyone else because of their title, because of their name, but because of where they went and worshipped and did what they did. But these Pharisees uh, came to Jesus. This guy actually asked him to come to his house to eat. And I, and I like this. It's, it's just, again, some, some very, just very plain text here that kind of speaks to us. Scripture says that he went. You know, Jesus will go where he's invited. He will. Jesus will go where he's invited. Wherever you open up the invitation for him to come, he'll show up. I, that's cool. I mean, so, okay, but no, you got to think for that, just how powerful that is. That when then we make an invitation to Jesus, he shows up. Have you ever invited someone over and, and, and they made up some excuse and you know good and well that wasn't really happening? You, you know good and well they weren't taking a dog to the vet. You know, hold on, it's like 9 o'clock at night, and uh, well, we need to go. Breast's been stinking a little bit. We've got to get some toothbrush for the, for the puppy. And, and we, you, know, you know good and well, man. You've got to wash your hair. You've got to do something. You make this invitation, they don't show up. When you make the invitation to Jesus, he comes. That right there is awesome. If we, if we just closed the book, went home, and celebrated the fact that we extend an invitation to Jesus, he comes, that's good. There's more to the story, though, and I like it, and it's cool. But he shows up, he comes, and he sits down to eat. Now, in this parable today, Jesus is going to do something. He's going he's to describe and show two completely different people in this story. All right, he's already made sure the Bible was clear to know and to make sure that everybody understood the fact that this first group of people in the room, this first person who extended the invitation was this Pharisee, was this religious person. Maybe they knew how to do church. They knew, they knew when to raise their hand. Hmm, come on, you know, you know on a second time through on the song, that second course, right before you come into the bridge, you know that's the moment. Come on, glory, I give you glory. They know how to do that. They know that when you come in on that second time around, when, the, when it really starts to build and the praise team really gets to go and Robbie gets to coming in and, and Matt even gives it a head shake once in a while, you know that it's in that moment that you got to, yeah, you got They knew how to do that. Jesus made sure that he understood and he made it very clear that those people was in the room. But that wasn't the only person that showed up that day. Now, get this for just a moment. The best imagination that you have, the best mind's eye that you have to go to Scripture and visualize and see what is getting ready to unfold in this story, try to go with me and see it. As they were sitting down to eat, as they were partaking of the food, verse 37 says that, and behold, a woman... In the city, who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. She goes to the feet of Jesus. And she begins to wash them. 
Now, this is some of the stuff that in, in the store that kind of messes with me a little bit. And, 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 and I guess it even say frustrates me that this happened then and that this also happens now. The invitation was made to Jesus. He showed up, comes into the room, and still in the midst of all these people sat there with dirty feet. So you got to know the customs back then. It was customary in that time that these people walked these roads that were dirty. They, they would walk through the mud and the dirt, and, and the animals did their thing, and, and it was just, you just, you go. And so when you walk up into somebody's house, the very first thing you do, ground basic stuff, you wash their feet. And if you don't have a servant to wash their feet, at least you do this. You provide the means so they can wash their feet. Here's Jesus sitting in the room with a bunch of inconsiderate people that invited him in the room and still allowed him to sit there in the condition that he came in with. I begin to think, and I've done that. I've, I've, I've done that. I've gotten here on Friday or Saturday, and I've prayed, and God, show up. Do your thing this week, and I invite you. We invite you. I'm telling you, Friday, I was inviting the Holy Spirit to come in, and I want to be very careful that I invite him into this place. He shows up. I give him what he deserves. Come on, hear me. Do we give him what he deserves? We give him everything that he's worthy of. And so here it was. He walks into the room, sitting there in the midst of them with dirty feet. And what happens is this. We kind of get familiar and we get comfortable with people. We get very comfortable in our relationship with Jesus. And what once used to excite us no longer excites us anymore. Remember that moment, remember that feeling when you get saved and something happens and you know what you once were and you know now what you now are because of grace and it excites you. You come in and it don't matter what they're singing. It don't have to be your song. It don't matter because you know you have showed up into a place, you've invited him to come, he comes in the room and simply because of who he is, you just begin to worship him and praise him. He's set in this room and this happens. I guess it's one of those things that kind of happens as we get a little bit older. This beautiful young lady sitting on the front uh, uh, row right here. When I used to come into the house, she would barely be able to walk and barely be able to talk. And she used to walk up and she would see me walk in the room and she knew daddy was home. She used to come running to me and dad, dad. Try that tomorrow night when I get home, girl. All right? When I walk in. I want that. I miss that. I still need that because there's something about it. And I believe it does something to the father. We come into the room or when he steps into the place, we open up our arms and say, Dad, Dad, Father, Abba, I need you. And we come running to it. It does something. I don't know when it stops. Now, I get, and she's very, very nice. She's not a disrespectful young lady. She always will say, hey, Daddy, or what's up? Adam gives me, what's up? You know, and whatever. And, and Caleb's in his zone somewhere in another world. And... I, I try to talk to him and get nothing much, but, but it's coming. But I begin to think, why can't we still have that concept of understanding who the master is and who we are? There's old saying that dog's man's best friend, and, and you know, we've had our dogs for quite a while. And I, Guys, if you would, I want you to show that first picture of a, that, that per, just a couple of pictures here of, of our little dogs. Now, have I shown you the picture of my dog yet? Uh, Hey, that's, that, some of y'all, would, this right here is my boy. That is Jake. Jake is 
about to be next month 12 years of age. And so that's uh, like almost 80 years of age in, in dog years. And you know what's really cool? With everything that he still has in him and still physically is doing well, he's in his kennel. When he hears me pull up and when he sees me begin to walk down that middle uh, of my yard heading toward his kennel, he jumps up and he still begins to shake his head. He begins to shake his tail and he begins to jump up and he begins to get very excited because he knows something, who daddy is. He knows daddy's coming to meet his need. He knows daddy's coming there to feed him, to give him drink, and to pet him, and to love on him, and have this relationship. He understands that, and in any way, it still has never gotten old to him. And I'm thankful for that, but why sometimes we do that? That's the macho side of who I am. We also in our house have uh, this. You can go ahead and show that other picture of that as well. Um... That's Daisy. Daisy is awesome. I give her a hard time, and, and, and they, may, they you know, say, you need to pet her, you need to love her, but she knows me and her are good like that. She knows. I still walk in. Had her for several years now. I still walk into the room, and she comes running, and she comes getting up on my leg and jumping and trying to get to me. And I come, and I'll pet her a little bit, or if I walk by her, she does whatever she can. If I'm beginning to move to my bedroom to take my bag up, what she does is this. She comes past me. She comes up the steps. She turns around, and she's waiting on me at the top of the steps every time, every time. Because what she wants to do is get herself in a position to receive from the daddy. Why do we stop that? Why do we stop? Why is it we, we, what, what, at what point do we think we're good now and we no longer need that? We no longer have to have that. In the story, this woman does this. She comes to Jesus. She gets to him. You can take that off. That's scaring me right now. <clears throat> she comes to him, and she does everything. She, regardless of what's being said, and she brings herself, she gets past comfort. It was uncomfortable. It wasn't a setting that it should have been. It, we even try to move and we try to get things right. We bring the lights just down right and we try to, we try to, it wasn't right for her. But it didn't stop her because she knew where she was going. She knew what she would get when she'd get there. And the Bible says that she takes this alabaster flask of fragrant oil. As I was praying about this, I began to think about probably what that had been used for in the past. Just go with me for a second. If she was probably a harlot prostitute, if that's probably her, her status and who she was, what she had probably done in the past was use that oil to prepare herself or to maybe help her get the attention of somebody else. Don't want to get too graphic, but kids' church is back there. If you're in here, you should be able to handle it. But maybe she got through with one guy. Tried to cover up the sin of that so she could prepare for the next one. I don't know. I don't know. But I just begin to think. She made the decision to do this. What I have and what I had been using for my gain and my glory didn't work. You know what you have? 
And you have some things. What you have today, God's put some things and trusted some things for you. And if you've done this, if you've tried to use it for your good and your glory and your gain, it's not going to last. It'll never satisfy you. You can try. You can try to put it other places. You can try to do other things with it. But she comes to the decision. She does this. What I have now, I'm going to pour on him for his glory. And I'm no longer going to put it on myself. That's tough, ain't it? It's hard, ain't it? But how many times have we tried to take what God's given us and use it for us and put it on us? But the moment she, the Scripture says she does this, she puts it on, on his feet. And I like her. I do. I like her. I think, this, I think she's awesome. I think she's awesome because she don't care. If you're ever going to get where God wants to take you, you will have to come to a place to where you don't care. God was trying to move in some of your lives earlier, and you let what somebody thought about you keep you where you was at. You will have to come to the place to where you no longer care. If you did this earlier, the Spirit of God was moving in your life, and we saw people begin to move in this altar. It was because you made the decision that now I no longer care what they say. I care about what he's doing. And she made this decision to do this. She comes to him. She bows before him. And with her, how much do you have to be crying? (laughs) It was pretty cool. I had an opportunity this week to spend some time with a couple of different guys that have completely different, I mean, statuses and ages. One was in their, their 20s. One was in their 60s. And what I loved is I sat down with both of them this week and talked with them. In our conversations, I watched their eyes just begin to fill up with tears. And as they began to talk about what Jesus had done in their life, I'm telling you, when you really get an understanding of what he's done in your life, it will move you. It'll do something to you. And I, and I watched these guys just begin to move. I watched people, even in this altar just a few moments ago, just tears begin to pour off their feet because they realized something. <laughs> Scripture says that, verse 39, that now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. You notice he didn't say to Jesus. <laughs> Don't you hate, about, hate those folks that are talking about you, who won't tell you, won't say anything to you? One thing's very true about me is I will tell you. I should have got some amen because some of y'all have been told by me. What's up? But, but it is in love. And this is what I, also, I want to be told. Because that's going, to bring, that's going to bring healing and bring hope. And in this story, he does this. He comes back. Bible says that he spoke to himself. saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. Now, I get my mind goes places when I read the scriptures and I begin to think, the guy's name's Simon. Scripture talks about that and calls him Simon the Pharisee. And immediately, my crazy mind, I begin to think about Simon Cow. I mean, I'm just like some of y'all, man. Y'all need to pray for me when I'm trying to get a word for y'all, man. Trying to hear from Jesus, my mind's going this place. I mean, I, I just, I begin to think about, here, here you have Simon, and is it not right play? He thought he was the judge. 
He thought maybe he had the right to judge, and 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if he did it, and and uh, in his mind he was speaking in his voice, and he was in his accent, and if Jesus were to know <laughs> that this woman is absolutely horrible, I don't I don't know. That's a pretty bad Simon imitation, but best I got was it pretty good. Somebody said, "All right, thank you," but. But regardless of what happened, he said it. He, made, he, he thought he had a right to judge. He thought that he had some reason because his name was Pharisee. He thought because he, it was his house and he, he could do what he wanted to do, say what he wanted to say. He thought for some reason he had a right. But I love Jesus. Dude, he's awesome. I love what he does here. He, he stops and um, Jesus answered and said to him, you know, it's elementary, but you know, Jesus, here's what we say. Some of y'all are like, oh, dear Lord. We can open the altars up right now and go ahead and get everybody saved again. Some of y'all are, I mean, just right now in this moment. Come on down. Gary, play. But no, there he comes. There he comes. Just kidding. He hears, he hears what we say. That's why it's so important, so valuable. We, 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 we're very careful what we speak out of our mouth and we say. Because Jesus stops and he says to him, and this is where the parable comes in. He begins to tell him this. He tells him the story that Jesus said in verse 41, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. A lot of things that, I, that, that are in this story that gets me thinking. There's a lot of things that are here that, that, are, that are very interesting. You know, both of them stood before the creditor in debt. You know that all of us in this room today come before the creditor in debt? Scripture is very clear that all have sinned. Everyone in this room have come short of God's glory. Everyone in this room, if you have not received Jesus today, you today need the same Savior that if you are saved in this room that you received. Every person in this room, we're all in debt to him. And neither of us, nobody in the room can pay their own debt. Nobody in the room can pay their own debt. I, I, I don't care. I don't care what title. It can be Pharisee. It can be pastor. It can be a minister. It can be servant. It can be greeter. It can be nurturer. Nothing that you can do in any way can repay your debt. We all become, we all, everyone in the room, we come before the same creditor all in debt, regardless of how much it is. Some of y'all, man, in this room, 500 denarii wouldn't cover it. It wouldn't cover it because, man, we've done some junk. Some of us in this room, we ain't been that bad. We've been pretty good, man. We've done some pretty good stuff in our day, man. We've come to church most of our life, and we've done stuff for most of the time. It don't matter. This could be your first day or you could have been a founding member of faith renewed. Every person in the room comes before the creditor in debt. So Jesus asked the question in verse 33. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave more. That's the one who loves more. And Jesus said, you've rightly judged. And he begins to go through and begin to look at what this woman does. And, and I love it. He says in verse 40, 44, that he turned to the woman, but said to Simon. 
He turns his efforts towards her and he puts his energy towards her, but he speaks to the one that was there to judge. And he said, do you see this woman? I've entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she washed my feet with her tears and she wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time that I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves I think probably the coolest thing about her is this. She recognized her need. God was moving earlier, and I, and I was praying for different people, and, and it was, I, I don't know, I could just feel God moving on hearts when people begin to recognize what they need recognizing who they need, that what they've been trying to fulfill that need was not working, and I got to do something else. I got to reach out to someone else. I tried to use the oil for my glory. It didn't work. Let me pour it on him. And it is in that point, things had already begun to take place in the room. I don't know if they had this big meal prepared and what you could smell earlier was fried chicken and green beans and macaroni and cheese and peach co- I better shut up right now. I better stop. I don't know what, what the aroma was in the room before, but I knew what it was now. What she had poured on him what she had taken out of her pearl and she poured on him. I believe that was the aroma that was now taking the room. And I love what Jesus does. And I, I, I believe as he, as he kneeled, got towards her, as the Bible says, he turned towards her. I believe at this point he had done made his way to her. I believe he had got down on his knees. And, and I love what he says. And he speaks to her and he says in verse 48 that he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now, you've got to remember now, everybody in the room knew what she'd done. And he still can forgive that. What if we're in the room today, man, and, 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 and if today that, that scripture text on the TV today went off and we would just begin to watch a slideshow of your life? Probably be at some moment in that slideshow you would be like, Come on, guys, cut that out. Don't show that part. Don't do that. I, everybody don't need to know that. You know, it don't matter who knows in the room. He knows. I love what he did. He said to her that your sins are forgiven. And, of course, jokers in the room began to run their mouth. Those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this? Who even forgives sins? You know what it was? It was God in flesh. It was Jesus that came. And because that she was down to his feet, he didn't reject her. He didn't push her aside. He didn't stop her. He didn't say, no, don't, don't come up in here. I know, where, I know what you've done. I, I know where you've been. I know who you've been with. He, 
And then he says what is the neatest part of the, the story. Verse 50 says that he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Not that you came and washed my feet. Not that you came past all the criticism and all the talk and all the stuff, knowing everybody knew your story. It's done been on Facebook and Twitter. Everybody knows your business. Everybody knows who you are and what you've done. They didn't sing the pictures. Somehow you didn't set the settings right and it became public. You switched over to the timeline. Some of y'all Facebook people know what I'm talking about. You switched over to the timeline, and man, you should have never, man, you don't know how to get it back. Everybody sees you, everybody knows where you've been and what you've done. Her walking through the room didn't save her. Her, her, her doing all these things and crying, even taking what she had and giving to him didn't save her. It was faith that saved her. And if you're in the room, you know what's going to save you today is faith. It's God's grace connected to our faith. The Bible says that we have salvation. That's it. There's no other way. But I love what takes place because he begins to show it, and we all need to do this. We've got to see this. There is a response to faith. There's a response to faith. I'm telling you, and we say this to our guys a lot, you can't do this. You can't love without giving. Somehow, if you see this and you recognize this and you understand what he's done for you, you understand really what has happened in your life, you recognize that, it'll change you. Something will shift in your life. And she recognized that. I love what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1.15. Man, this guy who's writing and in the, in, in the stuff that we're reading, he says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul realized, he recognized he was a sinner, man, and he had, to, he had to somehow come to the saving grace of Jesus. Let me tell you what worries me and what's tough for us, especially being in the Bible Belt, man. It's tough. It, it, it's some of the worst, tough, toughest crowds to preach in this area. I'm hearing some of the things God's doing up north, man, and I'm like, dude, they're they thinking different up there. They don't understand. They, we think somehow because we was born and raised in this area. Grandma went to church, and because she's got a pew with her name on it, we think we're going to heaven. Come on, some of y'all folk been in this thing a while. Help me out. You know that you you, sir, you, you help fix the chicken at the chicken dinner. So you, as you a shoe in, man, I'm getting in, man. I sir, I stirred the gravy so it would clump up. Listen to me. I'm gonna ask one question in closing. Gary, come on up. Ask yourself this today. Who do you have more in common with? If we're truthful and if we were honest in the room today and you got very real, who do you have more in common with today? Philip, bring the lights down if you would. Just, just for a second, I, I want you to think on that question before I open up this altar. And, and we're going we're gonna to pray for some physical needs today. We're going to pray... And we're going to anoint some folks at all and pray a prayer of faith over some needs today. Some of you have already responded to by, this, by this drawing of the Spirit today earlier. Some of you didn't, but today you can.
Who do you have more in common with? Are you the 500 guy or are you the 50 guy? You're a pretty good guy or you're a real bad dude? Man, if you've been a pretty good woman, you've, or no, you've really dropped the ball. Regardless, we're all in debt. Jesus paid the price in full for you. And today, what is so amazing about our Lord What's so awesome about the Jesus that I serve? There's never been any moment in any time in any season of my life as I think back that I made my way to his feet and he ever reject me. Every time in every situation He loved me, and today He loves you.